What's up, everybody? It's Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from the office. Uh, it has been a long month or so um, since I recorded the last one of these, um, and I always say it every time, uh, like, oh, I'm going to get back on it. Man, just stuff just gets so busy. Um, figured out the audio problem, so should be able to start recording from home again. Uh, that'll help free up some space for sure. So, um, anyway, thank you everyone who's still hanging out there and, and all the Patreon donators and all that stuff. Uh, we've been pushing a lot of videos out on YouTube lately. Um, a lot of short one, two minute tech tips and videos like that. So, um, if you want to head over there, uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you get notified whenever we drop a new tech video or something fun. Um, what else is going on? Oh, we are headed to Western Regionals uh, here in a couple of days. Um, we're leaving uh, April 15th for that show. That show is April 16, 17, and 18. So uh, we'll be down there selling stuff, hanging out. Sitting in our lawn chairs, me and Aaron, 510 Bendor, uh, if you follow him on Instagram. So, um, yeah, that's what's going on right currently. Um, today, going to do kind of a, I don't know what, just a basic, straightforward, um, we're going to talk about Scout 80s and 800s and the differences and similarities and subtle details that a lot of people miss and then get stuck on later. Um, so we'll start in the beginning when there was nothing. Uh, and then <laughs> on the seventh day he rested. Anyway, uh, 61. The very first Scout 80, uh, I believe, was conceived in 1959. I don't know. I didn't read the encyclopedia as well as I should have. If you don't have it, it's the Scout Encyclopedia. Uh, Jim Allen, John Glancy wrote a good book about it. Um, anyway, let's just say 61. First Scout started rolling out 61. Uh, they were their own little animals compared to all the other um, all the other versions of the 80s and 800s. The fuel tanks are in the same spot, but their filler neck is oriented differently. Um, that's why putting the plastic tanks in, uh, or any tanks, even our aluminum ones in the 61s, uh, doesn't really work. The filler, uh, arrangement is different. And I believe, I think, if I remember right, the actual opening where the tank goes is slightly smaller. Um, I believe they only held like nine gallons or something small like that. Um, and then uh, the way where the filler neck goes in is different. 
So the 61s are tough to get fuel system stuff sorted out on. Um, a lot of guys have to do custom things. We've made aluminum tanks for the 61s, but only when we have a 61 tank as an example, so we can make sure that it's absolutely correct. Um, under hood, there's some differences. They have a, a funny um, aluminum uh, thermostat housing that doesn't look like any of the other thermostat housings you've ever seen. Um, they had um, just some different different arrangement going on on the engine, uh, which I can see why they changed later so that they could share parts with all the other engines. But uh, initially they were their own little thing. They had the you know cross firewall um, heater manifold and the heater box was on the uh oh man it was on the driver's side fender <clears throat> and then it piped the heat into the manifold and all that the uh the early ones you know they didn't have a ton of accessories yet um you, know, you could get them with pto winches i believe a few other things um the early 80s so if we you know that's the biggest differences on the on the 61s they had the ih on the tailgate uh where instead of the international scout script like the later ones had 61s uh, i think they carried the ih on the tailgate and really early 62 um, but after that they did away with it um 61s had the sliding side windows uh, on the front doors. They did not have roll down, roll up windows. They had these sliding things that were kind of terrible because no matter which way you slid the glass, the hole wasn't big enough to do anything through. Um, you know, you try to get the mail and you stick your arm out the door and it's, you know, you hit the window with your hand or you can't go through the drive through, you know, you, you hit, the food doesn't make it through the hole. so. Um, they carried that into 62, I believe roll up windows became an option in late 62. Um, and, uh, so little things like that, 62, like I said, they changed partway through the tailgate script changed, um, some subtle differences under the hood again, um, a few more accessories, you could start getting them with snow plows and tire carriers on the back and um, two tanks, multiple tanks um, was an option. 62, um, you know, like I said, the roll up window thing. 63 was a good transition year in my opinion because early 61s and twos had like nine knobs on the dash. They had, you know, vent, light, uh, left wiper, or no, 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 I'm sorry. The wipers are overhead almost. They had, um, you know, choke, throttle, another vent, the heat. Um, they had, they, they had just a ton of knobs that were kind of, um, overly complicated for, for what you had going on. Um, and so in 63, they did away with the firewall 
heater manifold and they mounted the heater box of the passenger inner fender and then put the manifold on the inside of the truck uh it runs under the dash there that little black rectangle looking box thing um and then they did away with all most of the knobs on the dash so then it went down to you know headlight a single vent um you still had choke and throttle were optional and then you had the heater fan switch so it went it cut down on a lot of clutter because the dash is really busy on the early scouts um in my opinion it's it's utilitarian because it's just a flat panel with some shit stuck to it but there's all these knobs and if the scout is any age the the letter in the middle of the knob you know the l or the v or the whatever they wear off and then you can't you don't know what it is or, or you know it's, it's hard for people to tell what it is so by slimming down on the potential options you had for knobs it got a little less complicated um so then uh, also in 63 the roll-up windows were um uh way more available i should say the sliding windows were available the entire run up until uh, entire run of the 80s so up until 65 but as soon as the roll-up windows were available it, almost nobody wanted sliders the sliders were like you know to have a roll-up window was like a hundred dollar option and so everybody got it uh and it's good because they are way better than sliders uh what else oh the fuel tanks upsized to 10 gallons um so i know a whole gallon doesn't make much difference but the uh, filler neck uh, arrangement changed um you know just a bunch of little subtle details like that that some upholstery differences um you know, the way the seats were laid out the bulkhead um the pass-through for the bulkheads became uh, removable so many of the early scout 61s and twos people you know not the original owners but people down the line didn't like having a permanent bulkhead there if it was a cab top scout and so they would just cut it out and then and then put the a full top on in the back seat and away they go so in in 63 the removable bulkhead became available um and then that way you could go easily between having a cab top or a full top and not have to cut anything out because once you cut that bulkhead out of the early ones you you go back to a cab top you'd have to figure out some sort of some sort of block off for the lower section so um so that was a, a big change there uh, a lot of that stuff and then 64 remained relatively unchanged uh it just was kind of a more refined version of the 63. i really like the 64s and 65s they were kind of the last they had the most options you know with the windshield washer bags and the pto winches and the little west coast junior mirrors and and all that stuff um you could get them with soft tops and and soft cab tops even 
Um, just a lot of, of neat little options you could get in the 64 and fives. Not to mention the package is like the, um, the red carpet scout, the 65 commemorative hundred thousandth scout commemorative edition. Um, I'm not sure how many they made. I'm sure it says in the encyclopedia, but I know, um, you know, the red carpets were kind of a big deal. They were definitely different with their red interiors, red steering wheel and red upholstery and red everything. And then they were white on the outside and had little custom badges and stuff like that, uh, which kind of gave way to the 66 model year where they turned into 800s. And that's a big jump. They made a lot of changes when they transitioned to the 800. Um, you know, the, the full down windshield became optional. The windshield wipers moved from above the window to below the window. They, you know, the grill changed, the door arrangement changed, uh, the window regulators inside the doors change. There's a difference between the 80 and 800 versions. Um, there, you know, the door opener, the door latch system changed. You can't really put 800 doors on an 80 or vice versa because the latch doesn't hit right. There's a ton of fab work that goes into trying to put 800 doors on an 80 or vice versa. Um, but yeah, the, the door handles changed the push button instead of the twist. Um, the dash changed big time. Um, it still was kind of flat, but now there was a removable panel for the gauges. There was a radio, uh, nicer radio option, padded dash. Um, the glove box was larger, uh, had cardboard insert. Um, the heater was still the same. There was the the bones, the bones of the scout was still really similar to the 80. Uh, they were just changing cosmetics and some of the bigger stuff, you know, but it changed. But, uh, you know, the shape of the scout was still very similar. Um, the side windows in the top, in the full top, got bigger. Um tailgate latch system was different the 80 the 80s had a cable setup and then the 800s had an actual hinge hard hinge uh, strap style i don't know if it was more durable or what but yeah they switched to that i think they were just trying to make it cleaner a little less farm truck a little more refined i know the marketing department there's all kinds of ads and stuff where they were trying to market them to people that lived in town. A lot of women, um, you know, it was supposed to be some fun runabout, but yeah, you could still drive it to work and be in work in the office or whatever. Um, mechanically things started to change. The early scouts had like little nine inch drum brakes. And then in the eight hundreds, they went up to tens. Um, and, you know, the shoes got a little wider. Uh, the Dana 44 
rear end became an option uh, before it was just a Dana 27 was all you had for axles front and rear. <clears throat> um, some brake line arrangement changed. Uh, some stuff got a little easier to work on. Uh, what else? Uh, 66 was the introduction of the 196, which was the bigger four cylinder. The other one was the 152. Uh, and also the four speed manual transmission, uh, which was a huge improvement over the old T90 three speed. It just gave you more gears to choose from. It was way more durable. Um, and it just was a better, better transmission all around. So I don't know why they didn't sell more of it. It must've been an expensive option because they're still, they sold a boatload of three speeds all the way up until 1971. But, uh, no, so that 66 model change, uh, definitely, definitely improved the scouts quite a bit. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch back on 64 and five you could get um, a turbo scout. They offer the turbo on the 152s to help uh, increase horsepower for the people that lived at high elevations. Um, and then, you know, that, that up the horsepower from 90 to 111, uh, which, you know, seemed to, to help some, but they were kind of finicky and, and I don't know how well they lasted. I've had a couple come through here and they seem to be pretty cool, but there was a lot of um, shielding and guarding and you could tell the turbo add-on was kind of an afterthought. Um, the motor was definitely not set up for it. And then that was the nice thing about the 196 is that it had the same 111 horsepower rating without the turbo. So, you know, you could have that power, but be um, more reliable with the non-turbo setup. Um, you know, I saw a lot of guys run the worn overdrives. So you really were the bee's knees if you had the uh, four speed with a Spicer 18 transfer case and the worn overdrive. Because then you had low gears of the 18, but yet you had the overdrive for going on the highway. So it really was a, it really was a, a great setup if you could put it all together. Um, 67 saw the introduction of the V8, the 266 came out in 67. Um, again, four speed, three speed, those options. Um, a few changes under the hood. They had to move the radiator core support forward. So that had room for the V8 and then the bigger radiator. Um, one of the things I don't like about that, it's all backup. My favorites, like I said, are the 64, 65, 80s. What I like about them was the thoughtfulness of, of certain items like the PTO winch lived behind the grill. And then the winch hook just poked out through the front through a special bumper. Uh, it was totally hidden, compact, out of the way, um, you know, just super, super neat. I just really liked stuff like that. And so when they went in the 800s with the V8, if you wanted a PTO winch, which was available, 
which had to go on the outside, you know, in front, like a modern rig today. And so the bumpers were kind of clunky and didn't look very good. And then if you want to run a snowplow or something else that had to go even farther out, uh, or, you know, it was in the way, it just didn't work out as well. Um, there were other packages that were starting to come out, like the champagnes and um, a few little add-ons like that. Started getting fancy hubcaps, different interiors, upholstery was changing, colors, a lot of colors. You know, it was the 60s, so things were changing pretty fast. And so you're, you know, these aspen greens and and things like that were really coming out. And uh, and, and they were looking pretty sharp. Um, you know, the gauges, the having the five gauges instead of the two big round ones, I think was a better better idea. But, you know, they plugged along 68, similar to the 67s. Uh, 69, they switched to the 800A designation. It got the larger turn signal housings. It got a slightly different grill. It got some different badging. Uh, it had round reflectors on the fender and quarter panel. Um you know, had just some differences like that. The front axle became a Dana 30 center with 27 outers. Um, you got 11 inch drum brakes on the back. Um, what else? Just continuing with the changing of the interiors and colors and things like that. Uh, and then 70 you saw a change from round reflectors to side marker lights uh seven same with 71 had the same marker lights uh you saw special packages coming out like the sr2 which you know was kind of an up model had you know orange paint with flashy decals had either the v8 or the six cylinder they were using amc 232s at the time uh, and then, you know, or the VA 304, uh, they have usually had sliding side windows, uh, in the top, in the, in the top, they had like these camper type sliding side windows. Oh, and that's the other thing in 69, the side windows got bigger on the top again for better visibility. Um, SR2 was out there. There was the Comanche, which was this white and yellow scouts and crazy decals and again um you know, v8 or six cylinder um there was the aristocrat which had a fancy roof rack and some more interesting colors and the uh, rally style wheels um you know just funny little funny little packages like that that make them worth a lot of money these days if you've got a good comanche that's not super rusty and looks mostly like it's supposed to it's worth a fortune, um, at least in the certain markets, I should say. But yeah, it was 71. Um, they ran midway through 71 with the 800 Bs. 800 A was 69 and 70. 800 B, 71. Because uh, then the Scout 2 started and later in 71. And you'll notice when you look through the... Um, the way the models changed, 
you know, the five round gauges in the 66s were the same round gauges that came out in the 63 trucks and travel alls. So, you know, they were already starting to share parts that engines were the same, you know, there were differences like the oil pan shape and the oil pump, um, you know, valve cover, oil fill location was different, but you know, they were, they were already starting to share parts by the mid sixties because they were, I think by the seventies, they already, they realized that they were kind of, they were the target for the other manufacturers and then they weren't keeping up. You know, Bronco came out in 66, uh, kind of caught him by surprise a little bit. I think international was very arrogant thinking that they couldn't be outdone. You know, they felt, I think it was a carryover from the heavy truck line. Cause I think internationals were just, you know, they were selling millions of them cause they were, I don't know, they're not great trucks. I mean, I'm the first guy to, tell you how much I love international, but you know, international was the, you know, kind of budget trucker, you know, they just ran them until they broke or whatever. And, and I think, um, they had that mentality with the scouts was that like, Oh, well, they're just going to keep buying them and it doesn't matter. Well, the Bronco coming out and the Wagoneer and then the blazer and, and, you know, those, those things that really started cutting into international's market. And I think that uh, they just got caught uh, and didn't know what to do. Uh, so they were just throwing stuff at these scouts, trying to make them more appealing. And then also um, save some money by sharing parts. You know, the 800 A's and B's have the same turn signal housings as the D series trucks and travel alls, and then same as the scout twos. Um, that kind of thing. Sun visor clips are the same on the 800 as they are on the Scout 2 um, SS's, you know, stuff like that. It's just weird little shared parts. But uh, yeah, you know, and, and of course, all along the run, there were various um, gear ratio options. The early Scouts were 427s or 488s. Um, you know, and then as you go, 488s were kind of phased out. You had to really special order those if you wanted, wanted that. The power lock was kind of the, um, top of the line locking differential. I should say locking limited slip, but it, it tightens up pretty tight. And, uh, so everybody wanted the power locks and their rear ends and you could order a power lock in the front, which I wouldn't recommend without power steering because when it locks up or when it grabs hard, it'll pull the steering wheel out of your hand. Um, you know, there were skid plate packages. There were, I mean, you could order your scout with a, with a post hole digger attachment on the back. Like there were just all kinds of crazy, crazy options, front and rear PTO outputs and, you know, I've seen pictures of them where they've, they're li little garbage trucks and mail trucks and all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, right-hand drive was a thing. Um, they had automatic transmissions in them, the Bo little Borg Warner, the BW11s. Um, you know, and again, the worn overdrives, they put a lot of those out there. Um, you know, I think ultimately my, my I was a dream setup would be to take a 65 and then put a 196 
with the T18, and then a Spicer 18 behind that with the worn overdrive, and then run um, 488 gears, power locks front and rear, and then uh, just wheel the bejesus out of it and explore the explore America. Because I think with 488s on the overdrive, it's still, I think it works out to having like 410 gears instead of 427s. So you can still go down the road okay. Um, but, you know, I don't know if you want to go much faster than that in an early scout anyways. But anyway, well, I think that about covers the run. I'm sure I left out some important details and I'm sure you'll let me know what I forgot. Uh, but you know, that's kind of the basic rundown on the differences between the eighties and eight hundreds. Uh, hopefully you learned something and, um, hopefully you can tell your friends. So until next time I'm Dan Binder Boneyard.